You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wow. Zoom just uh, Zoom added a feature or something. I didn't know that Dang. was that was a thing. Okay, here we go. High tech. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. I don't know if you heard that voice, the voice of the Zoom lady. We told you that this meeting is being recorded, but it is being recorded. That's a fact. And uh, I'm here with Eric Hughes. And for a third straight week, um, we're coming off a rough weekend for oh, TCU man. baseball. So they are technically co-champions of the Big 12. Uh, and I don't want to completely dismiss that. I mean, they did go 17-7 and in Big 12 play which is a really good record. But I think most Frog fans would agree that it feels really hollow uh, when you tie with Texas and Texas beat you in a series two out of three. And also just the way they've kind of limped to the finish, it does not feel like a Big 12 championship team, even though technically they uh, do have that, that title, a share of that title. But TCU, they dropped two out of three to Kansas State Friday night. Uh, they just got beat. I mean, Jordan Wicks pitched really well for Kansas State. Saturday they won uh, – or, excuse me, Thursday they lost. Friday they won. And then Saturday um, they were up 8-4 to four going into the ninth inning. Halen Green was coming on the mound. Felt like it was over. And, uh, well, Halen gave up seven runs, which is two more runs than he's given up the entirety of Big 12 play. Uh, and TCU loses 11-8 to on a walk-off through run homer, and they drop uh, the third game of that series. So, Eric, we'll, we'll get to the meltdown on Saturday in a second, but I'm going to go off script here at first. I want to know, ultimately, it's nine games. They're so three and six in their last nine. Um, and I think some things that have happened over those games, some of it you can attribute to – Long baseball season, you know, stuff happens. But looking forward, what's the most concerning thing to you right now? Like, what, what's the thing about this team that you think, I don't really see how they can fix that before postseason play starts uh, here in a couple of weeks? Oh, man. Yeah, I would say um, – I. I you could kind of break this down a couple ways, but just in general, pitching uh, mm-hmm. is my main concern. The spe- specifically, just the lack of depth. Um, you know, I, even your top guys haven't been as great as you as they were early in the season. Uh, and Russell Smith, uh, specifically with Russell Smith, um, Austin Krobe has has been uh, pretty solid. Um, he's had a little bit of trouble um, a couple weekends ago, but besides those two guys, man, I mean, I don't know. You had Chuck King had a great, I mean, an outstanding performance this weekend, um, but it's just there's no consistency there. I think is the issue. Like you, you just feel like you never know what you're gonna get going into the game, into each game. get you know some really solid innings from several different guys but there's also a very good chance that there could be a blow up and so I think that's my main concern you know go in the postseason you got to have 
you have to have arms and you have to be able to go, go with different guys. I mean, you're not going to be able to win based off one or two guys. And so I think that, um, you know, the frogs fall this postseason at some point. Um, it's going to probably be because their arms weren't there. Pitching is, is probably the right answer. I'll narrow it down to starting pitching. Uh, I don't feel great about the bullpen, and I would love it if they had more depth. But I think it kind of all ties together. Like, if you were getting more innings from your starters, then the bullpen would not appear to be as much of an issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm really like Russell Smith. I don't know if it's – it's been kind of – spotty since he had this mechanical issue that he set out the Kansas series for, Mm -hmm. but he's just a completely different dude. I mean, he's only going four or five innings and he starts and that's just not enough from your Friday night guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Austin Krobe as well. I feel like he's been solid as you said, and he's battles, but he's not really going six or seven innings like he was at times early in the year. And we'll get to Johnny Ray in a second. I mean, I feel for the guy, but they don't have a third starter right now. I mean, they have some options, but they don't really have a third starter. And, I mean, you know, Eric, in postseason play, especially in that regional, and if if you get to Omaha, which I don't think should be a big concern for this team right now, uh, you you really need four starting pitchers. I mean, you, you really that's, – that's what you kind of have to have if you're going to make some noise. Mm-hmm. And right now they got two. So that issue, I, I don't know how it changes. But going back to the uh, game on Saturday, you mentioned it. And I do want to give this guy some love. I mean, Chuck King was incredible. Like, he came in in relief, but basically started uh, <laughs> because Johnny Ray didn't record an out. And it was 4-3. You know, there were runners on first and second. He was able to – he did allow one run, but he was able to, you know, limit the damage, keep it a tied game. And then he proceeded to pitch eight innings of scoreless ball, um, which was just incredible. I, I want to shut down something, though. I saw some people yesterday saying, well, they should have let King go out there for the ninth. And, I mean, like, if Slosh wanted to give him a shot, okay, but – I think if you ask anybody – well, I won't say anybody because somebody will be like, well, I I said before the ninth inning, you know, he should have stayed with Chuck. But if you told anybody before Saturday's game, like, Halen Green's going to be on the mound with a four-run lead in the ninth inning, 99.9% of everybody would have said, oh, great, we we won. Yes. No doubt. So, you know, I I don't even really feel like that's a a scenario. Now, should – should Slosh have taken him out after he gave up four runs? Maybe, but I think the issue there was I don't feel like anybody was up because it was – I mean, yeah. it's his inning. Like, it's it's his situation. Regardless, um, kind of going on a tangent, Chuck King was fantastic. And maybe that is a positive sign for them, Eric, if, if that continues to be a thing. Because whether it's in middle relief or as a starter, that's a weapon for you. Sure. Totally. And, and not to jump the gun here, but I, I mean, I really don't understand why 
Schloss didn't give him the start to to begin with. Like right. we we touched on it last week, and I know you want to talk about it here in a second, but I mean Johnny Ray, like what has he shown you at all that you thought that he was going to give you some sort of a quality start coming into this mm-hmm. game? Um, you had Chuck King available. Um, I know he likes him available to come out of the pen. Uh, but you had him ready to go for that Sunday game. Uh, a guy that has pitched in a starting role before has really is really more of a starting pitcher mindset. Um, and so, yeah, he, I mean, he absolutely saved the day. I mean, bringing him in, giving you eight innings. Um, I just personally, I think he should have been the guy from the get go. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree though that, I mean, it, I think Schloss was in the wrong on not starting him, but he absolutely was not in the wrong uh, taking him out there. He had thrown 100 pitches, uh, most all season that he had thrown. Um, ninth inning, you go to your guy that has delivered over and over again. We, I mean, we've talked about it. He, he hasn't had one single blow-up game in Halen Green uh, this whole season. And so yeah. with the Big 12 championship on the line, you go to your guy. He went with them, and it didn't work out. And – you know, it's a shame, um, but that's just the way it worked out. Um, but, yeah, I think going forward, I mean, personally, checking has to be the guy going forward. I, he's not going to give you eight scoreless probably each time, uh, but I think he's going to be the guy that gives you a shot to uh, keep you in the game and give your offense a chance to, to do something big. I agree with that, and it sort of leads us into the Johnny Ray discussion, which – like, I, I don't want to spend a bunch of time, you know, just going over it. Everybody knows what happened. Um, he's just been – he's just been bad. Uh, and I feel for him because I'm sure nobody feels worse about it than he does. But sure. on Saturday, he didn't record an out. He gave up – he faced three batters, gave up a home run, a walk, and another home run. It was all of a sudden four to three. Um, it just it can't happen. So, I don't know. I know they tried him in relief against ULM, and that didn't work either. I just kind of think we're at the point where you're going to have to shut this guy down for the rest of the year because it's obviously just as much of a mental block now as it is a physical one. Totally. And that's, that's – I mean, I don't, I don't know the process that he's going through and all that, so I can't speak personally to exactly what's going on. But it definitely seems to me that it's a – it's just a mental, it's a mental thing. Um, and so, um, yeah, you really, you just can't go to him in, in any, any of these situations. I think he's maybe a guy that you can go to in a mop-up role if you're getting smoked or if you're smoking the other team by 10 plus runs, but really um, in any situation that's going to feel meaningful, I don't think he's going to be a guy that you can utilize down the stretch, which is a shame because he has the, the talent and the physical ability, but um, man, it's it's tough when you things are going wrong and, and your mind is telling you all these sorts of things. It's tough to get through that, and so um, yeah, it's a bummer. But I don't think he's going to be a guy that um, you are going to see down the stretch here uh, in meaningful situations. No, and I mean I will say, Slosh told Drew Davidson before the series, and I'll just share the quote with everybody. I get what his thought process was. Now, I disagree with it, but I understand where he's coming from. He basically said, 
I think if we're going to go anywhere, part of it's going to be because Johnny Ray figures it out. And I feel like what he's getting at is, like, this guy's got plus-level stuff. And, yeah, I can put Chuck King or Luke Savage out there, but there's a ceiling to those dudes. You know, if, if Johnny could put it together, then that could be special. But it, it's just sure. pretty obvious that, that that's not going to happen, um, yep. unfortunately. So last thing on the uh, kind of like managerial notes, I didn't mean for this to become a strategy session, but uh, could I get Porter Brown in the lineup every day? I mean, I, I yep. understand it's, it's a matchup thing from time to time, but uh, my goodness. I mean, he had a couple bombs this weekend. He just – even if there's some limitations in the field, I know he had a bad play on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird bounce on the turf, but the dude's hitting. And, I mean, he's clearly just hitting a lot better than, than Luke Boyer says right now. Yeah, yeah, I think he needs to be your leadoff guy right now. And, yeah, I wouldn't have said that early on. I wouldn't have expected to say that early on this year. Uh, I think they've – the Frogs have kind of cycled through a few guys. Elijah Nunez did really well early in the season and then um, just had some struggles lately. They've tried out um, just a few different guys, Boyers, even uh, Mr. Tommy Sacco there for a game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I love – I think kind of the way the game is trending is just having some pop in the leadoff spot. Um, and that's not necessarily who I thought Porter Brown would be. But he's shown you that he's got some pop, and he's knocked a few out and obviously has the speed to do it. So I think that he needs to be the guy in the leadoff um, until, until he shows you that he can't do it because he's been, uh, he's been somebody that has really been a bright spot in the last few weeks for, in some uh, dark times for the Frogs. So Big 12 tournament's coming up, and they're the two seed. Texas is the one seed. The team's – in their pool, they're going to play K-State on Wednesday at 1230. So, Wildcats right back at it. And (laughs) I imagine they're going to have to face their ace again. The other two teams in their pool are Texas Tech and Baylor. So, basically, the way the Big 12 tournament works is double elimination. You start out essentially in what equates to a regional with four teams and then the two champs from those pools face each other in a a one-game championship situation. So, on the surface, I wouldn't be too optimistic about the Big 12 tournament because the way they're playing and we we mentioned the pitching depth is an issue. But I will say, Eric, uh, the last couple seasons, of course, it didn't happen last year because of COVID, but they made it – a couple years ago they made some noise and uh, Mm -hmm. fought out of the loser's bracket and was they were one game away from the title game, Mm -hmm. eventually fell to Oklahoma State. And then a couple of years ago, they were a team that wasn't going to make the tournament and found themselves in the championship game with a lead in the ninth inning. Uh, and the Oklahoma Sun <laughs> caused some fly balls to drop and, and allowed oh, Baylor to, to go on to win a Big 12 title. But mm-hmm. they played well there as of late. And Cheers. it is a tournament where usually there's a few teams that are kind of like, hey, I'm good. I, I just want to get on down the road. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is an opportunity. I'm not, I'm not going to come in here and tell everybody, you know, you need to be optimistic. But maybe this is an opportunity to sort of right the ship. What are your initial thoughts on, on the Big 12 tournament? Yeah, the tournament's always strange because 
I remember, um, I don't remember which year it was, if it was 2015 or 2016, but it was one of the years where the Frogs, I want to say, either finished first or second. I think finished first in the regular season in the Big 12 and then, like, exited two or three games into the tournament. And then, like you mentioned, a couple years since then, there have been some not-so-great regular seasons, but they do well in the postseason. So it's just one of those things that's kind of hard to gauge. Um just based on his history specifically speaking. Um, but I mean, I really, I think this is important. Like, I think this is important because you're trying to lock down a, I mean, believe it or not, the frogs still have a chance to uh, grab one of those top eight seeds, the national seeds. And so um, from the experts that I've been reading specifically with Kendall Rogers, he believes that, whoever kind of finishes uh, this Big 12 tournament uh, better between TCU and Texas Tech is going to have a chance to lock in that that last uh, seed there and to be in the top eight. And so, I mean, it's, it's really important uh, not only – so I think in that sense it's important to try and get a top eight seed if you are, are, were able to win uh, your – regional but also just to get things back to where they were and get things right man like it's not like you know the NBA playoffs or like NFL playoffs where you can just kind of coast at the very end and then snap your finger and 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 make things right like this is a totally different world like the frogs are not moving in the right direction I think they really need to get things turned back and so um I mean this tournament can be a blessing or a curse if you're able to get things kind of going in the right direction again and start feeling good about yourself, start get the bats. You know, you finally got all the, all your pieces back in the lineup. Um, if you're really able to uh, just get things clicking again, I think that could be big going in the postseason. So um, yeah, I think this is a, a big uh, and important tournament for the frogs. I'll wrap up my conversation with Eric Hughes in a moment. I did want to take a minute to tell you about built bar though. Built bar is one of our great sponsors and uh, they have an amazing product. It's it's the best tasting protein bar you're ever going to have. And if you're someone who likes to go work out in the mornings, afternoon, whatever it is, try Built Bar. Try it as your pre-workout snack, your post-workout snack. It's good for you, only 180 calories, uh, 5 grams of carbs, 5 grams of sugar. But more important than that, it's delicious. Uh, or I guess maybe less important than that, depending on what your priorities are. Regardless, it hits both the delicious meter and the healthy meter, which is a rare thing in this world. But they have some amazing flavors, German chocolate, peanut butter, uh, lemon almond cheesecake, coconut brownie chunk. The list goes on. To find your favorite flavor, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 20% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Delicious protein bars. Try it today. The momentum would be great. And, yeah, you're right. If they find a way to um, – make the championship game or win, win the Big 12 title, then I, I certainly think they could be a national seed, probably should be a national seed. And I, I don't I don't want to cause panic, but if you go two and out, ultimately probably winning a, a share of a Big 12 title prevails. But, I mean, you might also be looking at a situation where you're one of the four sites that they're like, eh, I don't know about that. Maybe we'll make you a two seed and send you down the road. I feel like that's unlikely, but you don't want to give anybody the opportunity to make that argument, obviously. Yep. 
Um, so it, it is an important tournament, and hopefully they can get past uh, the great K-State Wildcats on Wednesday <laughs> afternoon, and we'll just see where it goes from there. Um, okay, a few more things for you, Eric. First, and I know this is kind of an impossible question because we don't know what the draw is. Um, do you think this is a team – and I know this sounds ridiculous given the expectations we had earlier in the year, but can they, I mean, can they get out of a regional, like playing at Lupton, hosting most likely? Uh, is this a group that could emerge and at least make the supers the way they're, uh, the way they're growing right now? You know, I mean, personally, I think that they can um, just based off the, I think they, the team can score enough runs um, because when you look at the starting, you look at the lack of pitching depth in general, college baseball, like it's not like most teams have like this huge plethora of arms that they can throw at you. Typically, you know, there, there, there are definitely a few teams in the top tier that do, uh, but most teams don't. So I think that um, just based on uh, the lineups, um, just based on the Frogs lineup, I think that they can. Uh, and if they do end up playing, which they should, if they do play in Lupton, I mean, that, that is – it's a big advantage, man. I mean, they're going to have full crowds for the postseason, um, full attendance. And so, I mean, it's – when you're playing in Lupton, it's uh, – crazy things can happen for sure. And so, um, look, the Frog – I mean, if they play like they have been lately, you know – who, if they if they get a two seed that's coming in hot or maybe even a three seed um, that is a tough draw, like they can certainly lose. They It definitely can happen. Um, but I still, I mean, I, I'm not so down on them that, that, that I don't think that they have a chance. Oh yeah. I certainly think they have a chance. And, and if you're, if you host things set up pretty well for you, cause you're playing a four seed and that mm-hmm. sounds to me like the perfect Chuck King game. And then you can potentially use Russell Smith in the winner's bracket uh, with a chance to put you in the driver's seat. So there's, there's definitely um, a chance. And I still think that's something that they can get done. Uh, It's just a a rough go right now. And final question or just sort of thought for you note. um, And I hate to keep the negative theme going, but Texas A&M, they parted ways with, uh, Rod, Rob Childress today, who have been there for 13 seasons or 14 seasons, excuse me. Uh, and I, this wasn't really on my radar. Somebody texted me yesterday and said, hey, have you heard about Slosh and the A&M job? And I was like, no, I haven't heard that rumor. But I did see that he was on the list, you know, D1 baseball. They think the Aggies uh, have him pretty high on the list. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, hey, you know, he's a good coach, so I understand why. But totally. uh, that's just another thing to watch, Eric, because apparently sure. uh, Texas A&M is, is interested in in Jim as one of their potential candidates. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, like, well, they should be interested in him, right? Like, he's yeah. he's a great coach, and he's done some amazing things here. You know, he's drawn some interest from uh, some other SEC teams recently. And so, um, yeah, that's not really something that I have – really a good feel on so it's hard to say make a prediction or anything on that but um yeah definitely something to watch you know I I remember a couple of years back when I first honestly when I first heard about them letting uh their coach go uh my immediate thought was 
Um, just with Kirk Sarloose, I know he's had some offers in the past with Rice, I believe, and he's turned that down. Um, but I think that the Aggies are probably going to uh, want to go with the coach that has uh, head coaching experience and has success. And I think that they have um, certainly the the brand and the uh, um, the recruiting ability to get that done. And so, it's, yeah, definitely something to keep our eye on and see how that turns out. And, um, not necessarily something that I would say like, oh, I'm super afraid that Schloss is going to leave, but uh, something just to just to keep keep pulse on. It is. I mean, listen, he he was in the mix for that Mississippi State job a few years back, yep. and that's I mean that's like a top tier college baseball job, and he stuck around. So I'm not saying that you should worry too much about it. I'll just and I don't have sources. I'll just also say uh, you fire somebody after they've been in the postseason for 13 straight seasons, they're going to miss the postseason this year. That kind of tells me, um, and A&M's a great job, so I'm not surprised, but that kind of tells me you either think you got something done or you, you feel like you got a pretty good shot at going and getting sure. somebody. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as well. But, yeah, hopefully we're uh, talking about some more positive things soon. This has been a Monday edition of Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 